Well, good weekday evening. Today is Thursday, July 13th. The time is 7 p.m. And you are tuned into the weekly edition of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. I'm your host, Brother Alan Weir, for this brief period of time, starting again at 7 p.m. and going until whenever the Lord leads. And this particular podcast is committed, dedicated, and yes, consecrated to the ministry of prayer, intercession, petition, and supplication on behalf of those of us who are parents and guardians of unsaved sons and daughters. Maybe perhaps they are backslidden. They were into faith at one time. And for whatever reason, they have wandered away and are no longer interested in the things of God. Maybe perhaps you are the parent or guardian of a teenage young man and woman or child, and they were involved in the church. Maybe they would accompany you to church, and now they don't want to come to church anymore, don't want to participate in family devotions, don't want to read the Bible, and are exhibiting behaviors that are indicative of being a prodigal. Maybe hostility towards the things of God, maybe cynicism, ridicule, making fun of the things of God. Perhaps you're the parent or guardian of an adult son or daughter who maybe perhaps at one time was in the faith and now they're pursuing career, family, money, pleasure, and pursuing career and family are not bad things in themselves, but When they take over, when they take priority over the things of eternity, when the things of this world take priority over the things of eternity, that's where the problem lies in. The enemy would love nothing more than to preoccupy your prodigals and mine with the temporal things of this world, whether they are worldly pleasures, money, career, hanging out with friends, sex, drugs, alcohol, whatever it may be, the enemy would love to preoccupy your prodigal son and daughter with anything else, but not the things of God. And so at this time, we minister to those of us who are parents of prodigal sons and daughters. And we lift them up in intercession. Many of our prodigal sons and daughters are perhaps in bondage to drugs or alcohol or an illicit lifestyle, or maybe perhaps peer pressure has lured them away from the things of God. Maybe they have friends, associations who are telling them that the things of God are old fashioned, not necessary. Maybe perhaps your prodigal son and daughter thinks that they're good enough. They don't have to accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. Read the Bible, go to church on occasion, and be as good and loving as possible. 
and that should be enough to get you into heaven. That is another lie of the enemy. Our enemy would love nothing more to distract and to distract your prodigal in mind from the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Except the man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. And so we pray, we seek the Lord for the deliverance and salvation of our prodigal sons and daughters. We're burdened for them. You know, I've said it many times at the onset of this podcast, and it bears repeating again. The next prophetic biblical event to take place is the rapture, the blessed hope for believers But to unbelievers, it is a dreaded event. What is the rapture? Well, it's when our Lord Jesus Christ returns to earth and takes up those of us who have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. The dead in Christ will rise first from their graves, and then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together in the clouds with the Lord. The Lord Jesus Christ is returning soon to snatch up all believers, those of us who have committed our lives, accepted him as Lord and Savior. And when he comes and removes all believers, the dead in Christ first, and then we who are alive, when he snatches us out of this earth and takes us with him to our heavenly abode, the word of God says that there's going to be a period of time here on earth called the Great Tribulation. It's a seven-year period of time when God's wrath and judgment will be poured out on an unrepentant and rebellious world. It's going to be a horrible time. You know, we read of famines and earthquakes and diseases and wars and violence breaking out all over the world. What's going to happen here on earth after the rapture is unprecedented. What's happening now is nothing compared to what is going to happen after the rapture takes place. There are passages in scripture that talk about the moon and the sun being darkened and turned blood red. Earthquakes and famines like there have never been before. Wars, violence, the occult taking over the world. All kinds of evil things are going to happen. We as believers will not be around for this time, this dreaded time of judgment. During this period of time, a world leader will arise. The word of God calls him the Antichrist. And he will elevate himself, deceive many if not the whole world, into receiving his evil mark. I say all this because it's our prayer that our prodigal sons and daughters not be here for the the, um, tribulation period. We want our unsaved sons and daughters to accept Christ and be raptured. But until that happens, 
The Word of God also says, It is appointed once unto men to die, and after this to judgment. Death can come at any time. It was in the news not too long ago of a 17-year-old young person, an athlete in the best of health, who collapsed on an athletic field. Their heart gave out on them, perhaps maybe due to a pre-existing medical condition. Whatever the reason or cause was, death can come at any time, unexpectedly. And then a person will face judgment, eternity. You and I want our prodigal sons and daughters to have their names written in the book of life so they can spend eternity with our Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's what this podcast is all about. This is a live podcast, and we encourage your participation and your input. There's a period of time during our podcast when we will be coming before the Lord in prayer and intercession on behalf of several requests which we honor. Some are new, and some we have been praying for for some time. We continue to pray for them. We welcome your input. If you want to share a prayer request, there is still time to call it in. There is a phone icon. If you're on the Podbean app, to click on, and you can type in, key in your prayer request, and we will see it on our board and bring it before the Lord. If you want it to be an unspoken or anonymous request, we will respect your confidentiality and privacy. The Lord knows the details. We don't need to know them. Maybe you'd like to share an insight, something that the Lord has laid upon your heart. Perhaps you'd like to share a scripture, a biblical nugget of truth that God has laid upon you to share. Maybe a testimony. Maybe the Lord is moving in the life of your prodigal son and daughter. You'd like to share what God is doing. This is a program where iron sharpens iron, a period of time of mutual strengthening and edification. Something you have to say can encourage and strengthen another listener. And so we welcome your participation in this podcast. At this time, as always, we want to welcome listeners in a variety of localities throughout the United States and internationally. In the U.S., we have listeners in New York, California, and Colorado, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Idaho, Georgia, Alabama, Maryland, Tennessee, and Texas, Ohio, Utah, Wisconsin, West Virginia, New Jersey, Montana, Illinois and Minnesota, Louisiana, New Hampshire, the great state of Oregon, Washington State, Rhode Island, Indiana, South Carolina, and Arizona, Michigan, Iowa, and New Mexico. We welcome listeners from those localities in the United States. Internationally, we do have listeners in Mexico, Canada, Australia, France, Uganda, and Brazil, the United Kingdom, Bosnia, Herzegovina, and the Philippines most recently. We welcome you to the Parents of Prodigals podcast. And as I say often, because of time differences, both nationally and internationally, by numerous hours, many people perhaps are listening live. 
Right now in the Philippines, here it's 7.12 p.m. In the Philippines, as I understand it, it is 7.12 a.m. Maybe someone is awake right now and they're listening live. We welcome you. Or perhaps maybe you are not listening live and you're going to be downloading this at a later time. And the Holy Spirit will move through a recorded download. The Spirit of God is not subject to live podcasts or time and space. He can move through a downloaded program just as easily as he can through a live one. We welcome you to our program. At this time, please join me for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you. We thank you for this brief period of time when we can come together, Lord. A simple time, but an important time. When those of us who have unsaved sons and daughters who are burdened for their salvation can come to you for mutual edification and strengthening, let something that's said here encourage and strengthen and comfort a listener. We pray for the parents who are listening right now, that they continue to be salt and light before their prodigal sons and daughters and live lives worthy of the calling and that the Holy Spirit touch the hearts and minds of their unsaved sons and daughters. And if there is a prodigal that is listening to this podcast, perchance, we pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will touch their hearts. If it's hardened, soften it. If it's unreceptive, turn it around so that they are open to the truth of the gospel. Give them a sensitivity to your spirit, Lord God. We praise you and we thank you for this time, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the title of tonight's devotional is Our Waiting, God's Reliability, and Our Prodigals. Our Waiting, God's Reliability, and Our Prodigals. And our scripture text is taken from the book of Psalms. Psalm 25, verse 3. Psalm 25, verse 3. And I'm going to give you a few moments to find that scripture text in your Bibles. You know, wouldn't it be great if we could pray for the deliverance and salvation of our prodigal sons and daughters, and right away, without delay, without hesitation, Without resistance, they would come to the conviction of their sins, ask you about the gospel, humble themselves, and surrender their lives to Christ. No arguing, no holdup, no delays, no resistance. Every hindrance, every obstacle, every roadblock instantly removed. You know, in Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 22, we read how Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee when he saw Simon and Andrew. And all Jesus said to them was, follow me. And the scripture says that they immediately left their nets and followed him. In that same chapter, Jesus saw two other brothers, James and John. And Jesus called out to them also. And again, the scripture says that they immediately left their boat and followed Jesus. In Matthew chapter nine, it says that Jesus saw Matthew at the tax collector's booth. And Jesus called out to Matthew to follow him. And again, the scripture says that Matthew stood up 
and follow Jesus. Wouldn't it be fantastic if that type of instantaneous response was true with our prodigal sons and daughters? Well, it would indeed be great and a blessing, but the reality is that more often than not, the deliverance and salvation of our prodigal sons and daughters and their coming to a saving knowledge of Christ is usually a process, not an event. And as I often say at the beginning of our podcast, the enemy has many of our prodigals in bondage to drugs, alcohol, illicit or alternative lifestyles, false religious beliefs, depression, bitterness, anger, cynicism, and ridicule toward the things of God. Or maybe the enemy has blinded their eyes to God's love and goodness. They no longer want anything to do with God. And so we commit them to God's care, continuing to pray for their salvation. And again, as I say at the conclusion of every podcast, we watch the road for them. Well, our scripture text, while short, has a lot to say about waiting on the Lord and this divine timing. Let's read our scripture text together. Psalm 25, verse 3. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version of God's Holy Word. Let's read together. Indeed, let no one who waits on you be ashamed. Let those be ashamed who deal treacherously without cause. And that second part, a stern warning to anyone who poses an obstacle to the work of God. Now, Psalm 25 is attributed to David's authorship, and although nothing specific informs us of what the exact circumstances were like, like so many other occasions, it's clear that it was written during a time of intense difficulty and trial. In fact, we get an idea of just how bad and intense David's situation was when we read verses 16 and 17, where David uses the terms lonely, afflicted, troubled in heart, and anguish to describe how he was feeling. And yet, despite how he was feeling, David still firmly claims confidence in God's trustworthiness. Now, on the surface, when we read verse 3, it appears to be phrased as a prayer, as a petition. However, in Hebrew, grammatically, it isn't. It's a proclamation, a statement an affirmation of God's trustworthiness and reliability to come through for what the psalmist is seeking the Lord for. You and I can have and do have this same reliability. The two key words in our text, wait and ashamed, shed light on the idea of waiting on the Lord and what confidence we can have in him to answer our petitions for our wayward sons and daughters. But first, let's ask an interesting question. Why would God keep us waiting when the salvation of our prodigals is so important to you and I? Well, I can tell you most assuredly, their salvation is important to God. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says that God is not wanting anyone to perish, but that all should come to repentance. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, it says that God our Savior desires all to be saved, to come to the knowledge of the truth. In Luke chapter 15, verse 7, 
God's word says that there is joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. So why does God have us wait? Well, I can tell you first why he doesn't have us wait. It's not because he doesn't care, first of all. As I just mentioned in God's word, the Lord does care about our prodigals, but his timing is not our timing. The second is it's not because he wants to see us sweat. You know, many times when we're praying for our prodigal sons and daughters and we don't see anything happen, maybe the enemy wants us to think that God's just trying to see us in agony. He wants to see us sweat the situation out. Well, God is a loving God. And again, he has his own timing and method, which are perfect. You know, in the book of Habakkuk, Habakkuk is pleading to the Lord regarding coming through for the nation of Israel in time of judgment. And the Lord tells Habakkuk that there is an appointed time when the prayer will be answered. And if it seems long in coming, just wait. It will come to pass. God is not trying to see you and I sweat, but he does have a plan and an appointed time when he's going to bring the salvation of our prodigals to pass. I can also most assuredly say to you that it's not because he isn't able to save them. That's for sure. The belief that our prodigals have not come to Christ because they are a tough nut to crack and God is trying his best to save them. Well, Isaiah chapter 59 verse 1 has an answer for that. It says, surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save. We need to commit the matter of the deliverance and salvation of our prodigals to God's care, method, timing, and sovereignty. In the meantime, we need to proclaim and affirm what David did in our text, that no one who waits on the Lord will be ashamed. Now let's focus on what those two key words in our text are and what they're saying to us. First, the word wait is the Hebrew word Quava, quava, it means to endure, to continue on waiting despite how difficult it is. But it just doesn't mean to wait in the same way an English dictionary would convey the meaning. In Hebrew, quava means to endure in waiting with a confident anticipation of knowing what we're praying for and hanging on for is going to occur. Now, Hebrew, like Greek and the other languages of the East, as I've said so many times before, are picture languages, with many of the words having a pictorial image to them. Well, the image of the word wait in our text, quava, is the image of a strand of rope that is twisted and stretched to the point of extreme tension on it. You and I know all too well how difficult it can be to quava to wait on the Lord's timing to bring to pass the salvation of our prodigals. Sometimes our endurance can be brought to extremes as we see our prodigals continuing in their wayward lives. We know the rapture is upon us. We know that also Hebrews 9.27 says that it's appointed unto men once to die and then judgment. And like I mentioned in our psalm in verse 16 and 17, we feel afflicted troubled in heart, and full of anguish. 
However, these are lies and tactics from our enemy who wants us to wallow in the bondage of anguish, fear, and anxiety. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 states clearly that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Take heart, fellow Christian, because while in our quava and our waiting on God, our faith can be stretched to the limit, but it's also being refined and strengthened. Our text also says that no one who waits on the Lord, quava, will be ashamed. Now, that Hebrew word, ashamed, is the word barash. Barash. And no, it doesn't mean, again, what a contemporary dictionary would say. Most dictionaries contemporarily would say it means to be embarrassed, awkward, self-conscious. No, absolutely not. In Hebrew, the word ashamed in our text, barash, means to be disillusioned, disappointed, let down, confounded. And that word ashamed, Baash, is made up of three letters of the Hebrew alphabet, each letter providing a deeper pictorial meaning. The first letter in that word Baash is the Hebrew letter Shehen. Shehen, it's the picture of teeth. It means to devour, to consume to burn away and to destroy. The word ashamed, Baash, has that second letter in Hebrew, and that second letter is Vav. Vav, it means a tent peg, that which attaches itself to something that's connected. And the third letter in the word ashamed, Baash, is the letter Beret, Beret. It stands for a tent, a dwelling, Figuratively, it stands for the human heart. And when we combine our word quava, wait, with our word parash, ashamed, what David is saying to us is quite clear. And it's this, that no one who is waiting for God to intervene in the situation, no matter if the waiting is difficult and the enemy is trying to consume your heart with fear, anxiety, and doubt. No one will be disappointed, disillusioned, and let down. God will come through. Our hope and our confidence in God will not be consumed or destroyed by being let down. Disappointment and illusionment will not attach itself to our hearts because we are trusting in God. God will answer our prayers for our prodigal sons and daughters. We will see them saved. And the enemy would have nothing more, would love it, to see us full of anguish, full of anxiety, to be afflicted, like verse 16 and 17 says. But again, those who wait on the Lord, those who quava, even if your faith and trust in God is stretched to the limit, I've been there many, many, many times. If we quava, wait on the Lord, despite how difficult and how much tension is on the rope of our faith, if we continue to trust in him, we will not be disillusioned. God will come through. There will be no disappointment. We will not be let down. I share this with you not because I have arrived and I'm living this on a daily basis. No, there have been many times when quava waiting has been difficult for me. 
There have even been times when my faith has been stretched to the limit and has snapped. And I've cried out to God and I've said, I can't believe anymore. I'm at the end of my rope. Lord, re-strengthen, rejuvenate, revitalize, renew, revive my faith in you. And the Spirit of God has reached into my soul and given me revival in trust and confidence. Only the Word of God can strengthen faith. Read the Psalms. Meditate on God's Word. Like the book of Joshua says in chapter 1, verse 8, Let the Word dwell in your mind and in your heart. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but you need to meditate therein day and night. And after you do that, you will have good success and be prosperous. So be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Continue to quava for the salvation of your prodigal son and daughter, even if the situation with them is intensifying. Many times when we pray for our prodigals, the situation we find may intensify. They may become worse. I truly believe that when we pray and fast for our prodigals, the enemy makes them react. We're making headway. We're pulling down strongholds, and there is a reaction satanically and demonically and supernaturally. We need to continue to pull down these strongholds because the weapons of our warfare are mighty. They're not carnal, but they are effective to the pulling down of strongholds. And so we need to continue to pray and fast for the deliverance and salvation of our prodigal son and daughters, and to continue to quava, to wait, even if our faith is stretched to the limit. God will come through, and he will save them. They will be on the road. Pray with me. Father, I thank you for this scripture text, Lord God, and I pray that Everyone and anyone who listens to this word, which was shared, whether live or through a download, is edified and strengthened. Help us all to quava, to wait, to wait, Lord God. It may be difficult. Our faith may be stretched. There may be tension. It may be pushed to the limit. But help us to continue to quava, because we know we may not feel it, Lord God. We need to ignore how we feel. Faith is an act of the will, a state of mind. Faith is the substance of things that are hoped for, the evidence of things that are not seen. It is not an emotion. And so as we quava, as we wait for the salvation of our prodigal sons and daughters, no matter how long it takes, Lord, we continue to quava, and we continue to trust and have complete confidence in you because you know that we love you, Lord God, and we know that we will not be barash, we will not be ashamed, we will not be disappointed. You will answer, you are answering, you are moving. And like the song says, Lord God, even when we can't see it, you are moving. Even when we can't feel it, you are moving. You never stop moving when we cry out to you. Help us to believe that, to trust that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, at this time, we're going to break into a musical interlude. 
some godly music with some godly lyrics, which are edifying and encouraging. And following this musical interlude, we will return with the second half of the Parents of Prodigals podcast, and then we'll enter the time of prayer for the petitions that we have for several sons and daughters, family members that are in need of prayer, deliverance, and salvation. Be blessed, and we shall return with the second half of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. i 
Praise God for those two musical numbers. I 
was praying that they would be a blessing to those of you who are listening. And I can see in my screen that there was some feedback. One of our listeners says that they loved our first song, Jesus, Lover of My Soul. And my dear sister Thelma shared regarding the second song, Jesus, Lover of My Soul. And then he is able, he is able, that the song touched her heart. God is able. Nothing is impossible for the Lord. You know, I became a Christian at the age of 16 back in 1976. And around that time, or a little after, there was a song. And the name of the song was, I Wish We'd All Been Ready. Don't worry, I'm not going to try to sing it. But you can go on Google or any computer app and key it in. I wish we had all been ready. And it talks about the preparation for the rapture of the church. Two men walking up a hill. One is taken away and one is left standing still. I wish we had all been ready. Life was filled with guns and war. And everyone got trampled on the floor. I wish we had all been ready. We want our prodigals to be ready. We want their names written in the book of life. We don't want them to enter into a Christless eternity by an untimely death. Nor do we want them to get left behind when the rapture takes place and be here for this terrible time of judgment on a rebellious and unrepentant earth. I wish we had all been ready. I pray that your prodigals and mine get ready. The rapture is upon us. It could happen tonight. Let's pray and fast for our prodigal sons and daughters. In fact, I feel it laid upon my heart before I came on the air tonight. I wanted to share with those of you, if you wish to participate with me on a one-day fast, our next broadcast is Thursday, July 20th. And it's the burden of my heart to embark on a one-day fast, one-day fast, in prayer for our prodigal sons and daughters, commencing in the morning upon sunrise when we wake up from our beds and culminating at the commencement of this podcast at 7 p.m. We will pray our fast out at 7 p.m. I pray that you'll join me for this one-day fast next Thursday, July 20th, from morning until 7 p.m. at the commencement of the next Parents of Prodigals podcast, as we go before the throne of grace in a day of prayer for our sons and daughters who have wandered from the faith and need deliverance and salvation so that their names are written in the book of life. 
We're going to come before the throne of grace right now. We have several requests that we're going to come before the Lord. Now, many of these are requests which we pray for every week, and we're going to continue to bring them before the throne of grace. Our first request are for two young men, as we say before, both by the name of Joshua. One Joshua, actually both Joshuas were in bondage to substance abuse, and one of them accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, surrendered his life to Christ. But again, the enemy, of course, is always on the prowl to try to snatch the word from the heart of the believer. And the second Joshua, it's my understanding, is still perhaps in bondage to substance abuse. And we will be praying for his salvation. So touch and agree with me for both these young men named Joshua. Lord, we come before you in Jesus' name, praying for the first young man named Joshua who was in bondage to drugs and alcohol and surrendered his life to you, God. Lord, you convicted him of his sin. You spoke to his heart, and you delivered him from substance abuse, and now he's your son, your servant. And we thank you and praise you, Lord. It was a long, hard road. A lot had to happen. You had to bring him to the end of himself. You had to give him a Damascus Road experience. But your way is perfect, Lord God, and we thank you. Now we pray for his continued perseverance in the faith. Give him a hunger for your word. Let him read the Proverbs for guidance and direction. Give him a hunger for the Psalms so he worships and praises you and is encouraged and strengthened. Give him a hunger for the teachings of the scriptures and the epistles, Lord God, so that he learns, is strengthened and edified in the faith, Lord God. Give him a hunger for the Old Testament writings of the great men of God, Joshua, and the, the warfare, Lord God, and the battles against evil. Make this young man, Joshua, into a Joshua, a warrior, and a mighty man of God, and like Joshua, Lord God. Let your word never depart from his mouth, but help Joshua to meditate therein day and night. Help him to be strong. Help him to be courageous. We commit him into your hands, Lord God. Give him strength against any temptation that comes his way. Continue to make him the man of God that you have started to make him, Lord. Continue the work in his life. And we lift up the other Joshua, Lord, who is in bondage, as far as we know, to chemicals and substance abuse. His mind, through the enemy's whispering, says, you need drugs to cope. You're not strong enough. His body being ravaged by drugs, Lord God, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's what the enemy wants to do to Joshua. He wants to see him in a Christless eternity in the lake of fire. He doesn't want his name written in the book of life. But Lord, we just touch and agree for Joshua, Lord. And we pray that you do whatever it takes, whatever needs to be done to bring Joshua to the point where he says, enough, I want to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. I want to accept him. I want my name written in the book of life. I want eternal life. I want the peace that passes all understanding. 
bring Joshua to this point, Lord God. Truly weighed upon his heart, convict him of his ways. Stand in the way of the evil one that's trying to destroy him. We proclaim freedom for Joshua. We thank you for his salvation. We praise you for it, Lord. We know it's happening even now. In Jesus' name, amen. Every week we pray for three young ladies, Gabby, Angela, and Valentina. And these three young ladies have a variety of issues. Their parents have shared that some of them are going through difficulties with depression or low self-esteem or guilt or substance abuse. And so we're going to lift up these three young ladies before the Lord. Gabby, Angela, and Valentina, their parents are burdened for them. And we want to just bring them before the throne of grace. So touch and agree with me right now. Father, we touch and agree right now for these three young ladies, Gabby, Angela, and Valentina, Lord. And you know what the particular issues are, Heavenly Father. You know what each one is facing. It may be depression, low self-esteem, guilt, bitterness, anger, hostility, cynicism, ridicule, resistance to the things of God. Lord, you know what is in the heart of each of these young ladies, Heavenly Father. You know what they're doing, who they're with, how they're being influenced, what they're thinking, where they are, what they're involved with. You also know what's keeping them from the foot of the cross. And we just touch and agree and pray for these three young ladies that you remove any hindrance, any obstacle. If it's anger, maybe they had a bad experience in the church, Lord, heal that anger. Restore, Lord. Maybe their heart is hardened to the things of God. They think the gospel is funny, ridiculous, foolish. Your word says, Heavenly Father, that the preaching of the cross is foolishness to those that do not believe. That may be the case with these three young ladies, Lord. Lord, I pray that you make the gospel true in the lives of these three young ladies, Lord God. Open up their eyes to the truth of the gospel. If they're making fun of it or ridiculing it, brushing it off, Lord. Do what is necessary. It's a scary thing to say, Lord. But give all three of these young ladies, if you need to, a Damascus Road experience. Give them a Damascus Road experience so that they'll have an upper room experience. Deliver these three young ladies from whatever it is that's holding them in bondage. If it's anger or bitterness, drugs, alcohol, maybe a different lifestyle. It could be goth, wicca, crystals, whatever it is, Lord God. Knock it down, tear down, bring down the strongholds, Lord God the walls that these three ladies are behind that's holding them in. Deliver them. In the name of Jesus, deliver them. And touch their hearts and minds. We pray for their salvation. We pray for their parents as well. Perhaps their parents, of course, are burdened for them. Strengthen the parents of these three young ladies, Gabby, Angela, and Valentina. Help them, as our devotional says, to quava 
to wait on you, Lord God, no matter how difficult it may be. They will not be disappointed. They will not be disillusioned. You will come through, Lord God. Nobody who quava, who waits on you, will be let down. You have your own way and your own timing. And you will answer prayer. We commit these three young ladies, Gabby, Angela, and Valentina, to your hands, God. We thank you. We praise you. We worship you. We just ex extol you, Lord God. We know it's happening even now. You're working. You're working. Distance is no problem. No matter where these three young ladies are, they could be across the seas, across state lines. Let the power of your spirit work in their lives. We are waiting for the testimonies of the parents of these three young ladies to come. The Lord is moving in their lives. We thank you and praise you for their deliverance and salvation. We call it done. We don't know when, but we call it done. Amen. My dear brother Jamie and his wife India are celebrating an anniversary, and I praise God for them, and I congratulate them. And every week, we lift up in prayer their daughter, China. China is their adult daughter, and she is serving our country. And not that long ago, China came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. She accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. But of course, I have said it before, and I'll say it again. The enemy never lets this kind of thing go unaddressed. There is always a counterattack. He will try to regain the ground that he lost and try to reclaim someone who left his domain and accepted Christ. So we're going to pray for the continued perseverance of China in the faith and against the works of the enemy. Father, we lift up China to you, Lord God. We thank you and we praise you for her. Lord, that you had mercy on her and that you saved her, Father. It was a long road. It was a point in time maybe when perhaps we may have not believed. It was a tough nut to crack, Lord. But nothing is impossible for you, Lord Jesus. The Holy Spirit pulled down the strongholds. And China is your child. Her name is written in the book of life. We thank you for her salvation, Lord God. She is a sister in Christ and a woman of God. And I know you are blessing her life by what I know. You're moving in her life in a mighty way. And Lord, we just pray her continued strength in the faith, Heavenly Father. As a deer pants for water, so let China pant for fellowship with you. Give her a thirst and a hunger for your word. Give her a thirst and a hunger for fellowship. Give her a thirst and a hunger to serve you and only you, Lord God. We commit her into your hands for strength, for encouragement, Lord God. Make her into the woman of God that you're continuing to make her to be, Father. Help her to live a life worthy of the calling, Lord God. Bless her, strengthen her, encourage her. Guide her in the way that she should go. Give her wisdom in her life, Heavenly Father. We commit China into your hands, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
A prayer request came in several weeks ago. It was ambiguous and vague, but someone just called in and said to pray for new marriages. Pray for new marriages. That's all the detail that we have, but the Lord knows the specifics. And without revolt, without divulging any information, about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, I received word that the Lord was moving in a particular marriage that was new. And God was moving in this relationship, this marriage relationship, and began to bless it and strengthen it. So we're going to continue in prayer for new marriages. Father, we touch and agree right now, Lord God. You see the union of brothers and sisters in Christ who have committed their lives to you and to each other. And so we lift up new marriages to you, Heavenly Father. If it's a new marriage of two people who are not Christians, Lord, I pray for the salvation of these couples, Lord God. that you save both partners in these new marriages and make their home a Christian home, Lord. And Lord, we pray for the Christian marriages, Lord God, the union in Christ and to each other. We pray for angelic protection from the evil one who would seek to destroy the marriage unity through strife or infidelity or disagreement, or anything else, Lord God. Bless and strengthen the households of God, Lord God. Increase the love. Yes, Lord, increase the intimacy. Increase and bless the communication. And bless both husband and wife, that they love each other as they should, and they seek you first and foremost. We pray for protection from the evil one. The thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy. Marriages, households, believers, their walk with you, faith and hope. Protect, guide, bless, strengthen, encourage. In Jesus' name, Lord, we commit new marriages to you. For your blessing. Amen. We're going to pray for a young lady by the name of Layla. A while back, someone called in on behalf of their granddaughter, Layla, that she returned to the Lord. Apparently, she is a prodigal who has wandered from the faith. We don't know what the specifics are, but we're going to bring it before the Lord now. Touch and agree with me. Father, we thank you for praying grandmothers, Lord God, praying grandmothers who are on their knees in prayer and supplication and petition on behalf of their grandchildren. And we pray for Layla, Lord God. We don't know what made her turn away from the faith. Lord, there are many reasons why people turn away. Lord, the word of God says that the enemy tries to snatch the word of God from the hearts of people. 
There are different kinds of soils. Sometimes the cares and anxieties of this world can choke the word. Or perhaps the pursuit of other things can distract. Lord, we don't know what the reasons are that Layla turned from the faith, but we pray for revival. We pray that you speak to her heart and speak to her mind and that you restore her. Speak to her, maybe through a dream, a vision, another believer, her grandmother, a track, a song, a service. Through the still still small voice of your spirit, speak to her. Give her revival. Restore her faith. Let her know you still love her. Don't allow the enemy, Heavenly Father, to steal her from the sheepfold and walk off with her. Lord Jesus, leave the 99 and go after this one, Heavenly Father. We pray for Layla's return to the Lord. We thank you for it, in Jesus' name. Amen. We want to lift up in prayer a request that came in several weeks ago, and I just feel burdened to continue to pray for this. Someone calls in, a parent apparently, and says, please pray for my son Caleb. He's in the United States Navy. He's discouraged and disappointed with his life. He says nothing ever works out for him. Caleb has a wife, and they have a small child. At the time I received this request, the child was eight months old, a little girl. And apparently Caleb and the family have been separated for several months into their marriage. And Caleb says he doesn't believe that God is real, but a fable. This parent says that her heart is heavy for her son, Caleb. Let's pray for Caleb and his family right now. Lord, now our hearts are heavy and burdened to pray for this young man, Caleb, and his family, Lord God. And the enemy is always at work. Again, we say it again and again, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And the enemy is out to steal, kill, and destroy Caleb, his faith, his family, his walk with you. And Lord, your word says that you're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Well, we I pray, Lord, that you bring Caleb back to repentance. Whatever is, has him disillusioned, whatever is turning his heart away from you, whatever is making him believe that you're not real, but a fable, Lord, restore his faith, Lord God. He says nothing ever works out for him, but your word says that you have a plan For I know the plans I have for you, thus saith the Lord, plans to give you hope and a future. You have plans for Caleb to give him hope and a future for him and his entire family. Speak to Caleb and help him to realize this, that there is a plan for him. You love him and you want to use him. Restore Caleb's faith. Bless him. Bless him. Speak to Caleb's heart so that he returns to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. We want to pray for a young man 
And this young man is the son, the adult son of a dear sister who's listening right now. This young man's name is Johnny. And Johnny, I understand, is in bondage to alcoholism. Now, we did get word from his mother that there have been some changes. Don't know exactly what they are, but we want the changes to continue. Sometimes the Lord works instantaneously. And again, sometimes it's a process. The Holy Spirit is moving. The Spirit of God is moving. And we're going to pray for Johnny right now. Touch and agree with me. Father, we lift this young man, Johnny, up to you, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you help Johnny, Lord God, to realize his need for a Savior. Lord, help Johnny to realize that you are the way, the truth, and the life. He's in bondage to alcoholism. His mind is telling him that he needs it to cope with his problems. His body is being ravaged by it, perhaps. So we pray first for healing in the mind, Lord God. He doesn't need a drink to cope. He doesn't need a drink for peace. You are the Prince of Peace, Lord Jesus, and you are the source of the peace that passes all understanding. We pray for physical healing for Johnny. If alcohol is ravaging his body, Lord, give him a distaste for it. When he lifts the bottle up to his mouth, give him a distaste for it. Help him to say, ugh, I don't want to drink this anymore. Yes, Lord. Give him a distaste for alcohol and put a burden in his heart, perhaps to come to church or to pick up a Bible, Lord God. We pray for Johnny's deliverance from the bondage of alcoholism, resistance, maybe even ridicule for the things of God. Whatever it is that he's in bondage to, we proclaim freedom right now. We plead the blood of Jesus over Johnny. We pray for his salvation. We thank you for it right now, Lord God. We want to see Johnny come to church, Lord. Let it be real. Let's get specific, Lord. Bring Johnny to a service, Lord. Touch his heart. We pray for his mother, Lord God, a woman of God who was praying for him. Give her strength. Help her to quava, to continue, to persevere in waiting, no matter how difficult it might get. Strengthen her faith. Help her to be as sure-footed as a deer in the heights. Help her faith to soar like the eagles, Lord God. Bless that household. Let your spirit prevail in this household, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. We received a request while we were on the air. And I'm going to read this request right now. Uh, The caller states, I ask for prayer for a young man by the name of Carlitos that is using drugs. Carlitos knows the Lord, but the enemy continues to attack him. Well, there's nothing more that the enemy would love to do than to kill Carlito. Continuing to attack him. And... Carlito may know the gospel. He may know the Lord. 
I don't know what exactly is in Carlito's heart, but we're going to lift him up in faith and pray for him. Touch and agree with me. Heavenly Father, you see the situation with this young man named Carlito, and you see his bondage to drugs, whatever the drug is, Lord God. Apparently, Lord, he knows the gospel. He knows the word of God, according to what I've been told. But the enemy is continuing to attack him. There's a tug of war for his soul. The earth is the battleground for the souls of men. And again, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But you, Lord, are not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That includes Carlito. So we lift him up in prayer, Lord. We pray for deliverance from narcotics. Do what needs to be done, Lord God. Perhaps he needs to get into a program. Lord, deliver him from narcotics. You know the best way to do it. Your timing is perfect. Your method is perfect. Bring Carlito to the end of himself, Lord God. Don't let the enemy kill him. Don't let the enemy destroy him. We plead the blood of Jesus over Carlito right now. We touch and agree. We thank you, Lord, for the testimony that's going to come that Carlito has been delivered and that he's seeking you. We rebuke the enemy who is continuing to attack him. We call to the defense, the angels in heaven, ministering spirits, the angels of God, to protect Carlito. Deliverance in his life. Deliver, save, and fill him with your Holy Spirit, Lord God. We thank you, Lord. We know the answer is going to come. We are waiting. We know we're going to hear a testimony that Carlito has been delivered and is saved. We touch and agree in faith. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've come to the end of our time together in the Parents of Prodigals podcast. And I pray that this time together was a blessing to you. I thank God for, lack of a better term, inviting me into your homes for this time of sharing. We will be back on the air again next Thursday, July 20th at 7 p.m. And again, I want to encourage you, if you'd like to join me for this one-day fast, next Thursday, commencing in the morning, upon awakening from your sleep, until 7 p.m., when our podcast begins, when we will pray our fast out, spending the day in prayer and fasting on behalf of our unsaved sons and daughters. And so until next Thursday, July 20th at 7 p.m., I encourage you, if you are the parent of an unsaved son or daughter in Georgia, Alabama, Montana, Tennessee, or Utah, 
watch the road. If you're the parent or guardian of a son or daughter who is backslidden or wayward, and you're praying for their salvation, if you're in the state of Iowa, North Dakota, Connecticut or New York, Florida, California, Oregon, watch the road. If you're the parent of an unsaved son or daughter in Massachusetts or Connecticut or Rhode Island or New Mexico, Nevada or Arizona, Texas or Louisiana, watch the road. If you're the parent of an unsaved son or daughter whom you want to have their name written in the book of life and you're in England, France, Brazil, Mexico, Canada, Bosnia, Herzegovina, the Philippines, no matter where you are, across the state line from where I am or across the seas, locally, in a different state, in a different city, in a different country. Watch the road. Your prodigal will be on it. God bless you. And until next Thursday, July 20th, continue in prayer, being watchful therein. And again, watch the road. Good night.